Reichman University. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. And I'm Alan. And I'm Gal, and this episode's gonna be a home run, a slam dunk, insert sports pun. A knockout, I guess. A knockout. We're counting down our, our top sports movies. And um, we, we do it in classic Film Fanatics top 10 fashion. Sports movies, they empower us, they entertain us. Um, it's a very like wide variety because there's a lot of different ones. And there's like true stories. There's ones where like sports just happens to play into it. Sports comedies. I've seen a lot of great ones, so it really hurt to leave some out of this list. That's my disclaimer. Uh, yeah, for me, this list was a bit weird because as with like war movies and stuff like that, you don't um, like them. Um, I, no, I like sports <laughs> movies more than I like war movies. But I have a lot of holes in my sports movie vocabulary, as it were. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had to watch a lot of like new stuff to complete the list, which I always enjoy doing for this show. So so it was a fun time. Um, Alan, do you want to start us off? Yeah. I'll, I'll start us off for sure. Oh, yeah. So my number 10, my number 10 I'm pretty sure you have not watched it ever. It is a football movie named The Damn United, starring Michael Sheen. Uh, Oh, that kind of football. Okay. The the real kind of football. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I haven't seen it. So this is a movie from 09, uh, again, starring Michael Sheen, Timothy Spall, Comini, and Jim Brombed. And it's a movie that takes place in the 70s, and it's about a British football in the 70s and about a manager that takes over England's biggest team at the time, uh, which is Leeds United. That's why the name is The Damned United, because they are awful. Uh, They're awful not in a sense sports-wise. They're just like the most unsportsmanlike team ever. They keep like breaking players' legs and doing like a bunch of... sounds like a really entertaining movie. ...bad things. And this coach is nothing like that. Like, he, he wants, like, a clean game. So that's, like, his challenge when he gets to that team. And you also see his rise up to that team from a smaller team before. Like, it's two different timelines going at the same time. It's it's a really cool movie. It's nothing, like, that crazy. Like, uh, you know, like, it's not going to blow you away. But it's a fun time. And if you like sports, uh, you know, I think you're going to enjoy it. So... So, yeah, it's a, b- a very British film also. So, like, a uh, very British uh, humor. And uh, if you like football, you, you're going to have a good time. Uh, okay. It, it kind of sounds like Ted Lasso, but historical. I don't know. Kind of, but he's a bit of a dick. He's not really, like, Ted Lasso. <laughs> he's not, like, believe. He's kind of like that, but in a dickish British way. In a Michael Sheen way. Exactly. Michael Sheen, uh, by the way, makes this movie. Like, he, he like, is so freaking good in this movie. Okay. Uh, so, my number nine is Raging Bull, starring Robert De Niro and directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, this list could have easily been only boxing movies. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I try to, like, focus up a little bit and try to, like, get some movies out of it. But... This is one of my favorite boxing movies, uh, Raging Bull. Again, I only watched it for the first time this week. It is a pretty good movie. Like, I really don't like the 50s. It seems like a horrible era to live in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> everyone seems so awful. And yeah. being a woman seems like the worst thing in the world in this movie. Um, and yeah, it's a fun time boxing wise and also like if you're the kind of guy that likes watching terrible shit happen in front of you yeah it's not fun from like the woman beating part yeah that part is like well made yeah my number eighth is a baseball movie moneyball from 2011 starring uh brad pitt jonah hill and philip seymour hoffman this is one of the movies that i have watched before and you know me i love me a good business type movie 
real story kind of thing. So I had to throw one of these in here. Brad Pitt is so good in this movie. It's so fun to watch. And I rewatched this week and I had a blast. Uh, this movie it is great. the kind of movie it's weird how easily you can just put on Moneyball uh, whenever yeah it's kind of like the social network in that way like at least I mean, for it's me Sorkin wrote yeah, both of them so it's exactly. not like a I love listening to Aaron Sorkin dialogue yeah whenever I can <laughs> and it's Bennett Miller who has a really good filmography yeah I think it was nominated for a ton of Oscars also number seven another movie <laughs> that I love so much and it's way lighter than Raging Bull uh, it's Eddie the Eagle starring Taryn Edgerton and Hugh Jackman. Uh, this movie came out in 2015. I think it was 16? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's 2015. Okay, it was definitely after Kingsman. That's all I remember. Yeah, and this movie captured my heart because a lot of these movies, like the sports movies, like you you, you get beaten, up, beaten down a lot before things eventually kind of work out. And this one does that too, but like... Kind of in like a sweeter way. I don't know how to explain. It's a very, it's a very sweet movie. <laughs> I really enjoy this movie, even though he kind of like, he's not a great, he's not one of the best skiers. Yeah. Anything. Like the, the movie doesn't the make the part. case that he was great even, but they just make it in such an entertaining way. And Dexter Fletcher, like you can tell that Matthew Vaughn produced it and Dexter Fletcher really gave it an edge. And this is when Taron Edgerton had just broken out, like maybe a year after Kingsman. Yeah. And he's having a blast in this one. Yeah. And I love uh, Fletcher's like directing style. Yeah. I didn't even think of putting this one on my list, but it's a good choice. It's a, it's a good one, right? Like uh, I rewatched it this week and it was, ah, it was such a good time. Uh, okay. My number six is another baseball movie, which is incredible because I cannot stand baseball. <laughs> uh, Me neither, but the movies are so good. I can't watch. The movies are good. Like, so my number six is 42, uh, starting the late, great Chadwick Boseman and yeah. uh, Harrison Ford. This one is also a modern uh, sports movie. came out in 2013. Uh, I don't remember if he got nominated for this movie, honestly. He wasn't. He wasn't? He was okay. only nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. He should have probably because he was really good in this movie. Uh, but yeah, 42 is like the great story of the first african-american baseball player to play in the mlb and he's played beautifully by chadwick boseman and it has a, a beautiful like um family story with uh, his family life with his wife and uh harrison ford plays a bit of a white savior but uh, <laughs> the, in the best way possible um, Our favorite white savior, Branch Rickey. Exactly. Played by Harrison Ford. He's such an asshole, but he's trying to do the right thing, and you're rooting for him to be able to do the right thing, even though the word is so against both of them. And and yeah, this movie kind of sneaks up on you. Like uh, again, I watched it for the first time this week, and um, a lot of crying involved yeah. in uh, in watching this movie. <laughs> uh, and racism is like basically in the at the forefront of this movie for obvious reasons and there's a scene with i don't know if you remember the coach i think if is he pay, played by this like the guy yelling the n-word all the time yeah i think that was alan tudyk but he was one of the players oh, yeah, yeah it was alan tudyk no he was uh, the coach for the other team okay it was yeah, alan he just tudyk, was like n-word n-word yeah he just kept going and going and going while Chadwick was at the plate and it was just such a heart-wrenching scene to watch. This is your number six. I will say 42 is so good that it's my number 10 for my list. Oh, really? Yeah. That kind of worked out. That's that great. did work out well. Um, number 10 for me is 42. This was actually one of the first, like, I guess, drama in a traditional sense, movies that I saw in the theaters. And Chadwick Boseman's performance as Jackie Robinson honestly like gave me this appreciation for acting when I was like 10 years old. Um, that's good. <laughs> and cause I hadn't really gotten into that many dramas in general. So like, um, yeah. And it really, he really just chose the spirit of the player. I think it was, uh, first of all, it was really interestingly directed by Brian Helgeland. Yeah. I forgot um, that. <laughs> and who also like wrote LA confidential and, uh, a Knight's tale and, I feel like the movie really showcased the spirit of what it is to like go against the odds and change the world 
when he asks Harrison Ford, um, so you want a player with the guts to fight back? And he's like, no, I want a player with the guts not to fight back. Um, which is like, yeah, that was a great line. Like he had to, he had to keep his dignity and be 10 times more of an example than all the white players in order to become the legend that he is now and pave the way for, um, for major league sports to be black, uh, centered. And I think it, look, as someone who was 10, I think it worked for me really well. Like it shows the racism of the time in a way that can, um, that can be easy to understand. I don't think it's like the best movie ever about race relations, but it's a really great historical movie and one that I've even seen twice. Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie. Um, I do not. I, I'm very happy that wasn't one of the movies that I decided to watch for this week. All right. What's your number nine? Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington. Um, I had two Denzel movies that I was going to put on this list, but I ended up going with this one. The other one I would put as an honorable mention is He Got Game uh, from Spike Lee. But this one I think is the most watchable and the most favorite. Um, it's a beautiful movie about brotherhood, also about racism and uh about the first integrated high school football team american football team um sorry (laughs) go on integrated between (laughs) black and white players in high school and the beautiful thing that the movie shows is how like um how prejudiced the um, like the adults were and they pass that down to their kids but then they go to this retreat together and suddenly they're like brothers and and i think it shows something about like youth and like how human nature is kind of beautiful actually and it's also very uplifting it's very accessible i think you can also watch this movie at a young age and isn't it a disney movie it is a disney movie actually i watched it for the first time on disney plus (laughs) Um, but it is a really good one it's one of the better movies about football and yeah denzel is inspiring as always I'll tell you one thing. Um, I have never watched Remember the Titans. Damn. It was on my list for this week, but I lost access to my Disney Plus until yesterday. So I couldn't watch any of the sports movies that were exclusively on Disney Plus. And I will tell you, I have no American football films here. One that almost made it but didn't because I didn't have time to rewatch was uh, The Blind Side with uh, Sandra Bullock. Okay, I'll say that was an honorable mention for me. Great movie. Uh, it gets a little bit of hate because it's very like white saviorism, but that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I loved Sandra Bullock because uh, I because I loved that movie, but I haven't seen it in like probably like more than six years, so I didn't feel comfortable putting it in the list. Yeah, what's your number eight? Number eight is one that I think is going to be really high for you. Okay, Ford v Ferrari. Ooh, this movie is great. I don't know what to say. Like, I've also seen it twice, and it goes by so quickly for a longer than two and a half hour plus movie and matt damon and christian bale's chemistry is fantastic and i don't think this movie has like as amazing of a human message but yeah <laughs> just like the way of the um, the way that the racing sequences are done but also all the business in the background and the you know the determination and everyone there is there because racing is something that they can't live without it's a great one that everyone i think should watch at least once uh, James Mangold did a terrific job. It's one of his best movies. Yeah. And I will say the other racing movie that I'd put as an honorable mention is Rush with Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brühl. I was sure that you were going to put that as an honorable mention, but I thought Ford v Ferrari would be higher. I will refrain okay. from commenting for now. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell. I th- I don't know. I think the others were a little more like rooted in the sport that were higher on my list than rooted in the business. I don't know. That's why it took a while for me See, to consider Ford vs. Ferrari on my this list. Is, this is why. <laughs> no, listen. <laughs> like, this is probably why it's higher on my list. No, listen. Moneyball is probably a better movie than Remember the Titans. I just wasn't sure because it was such a business movie. I have here yeah, on I honorable it. mentions, Moneyball slash Jerry Maguire, question mark. <laughs> question mark. So, um, <laughs> that should tell you something. Great. Uh, what's your number seven, Gal? Number seven is one that I just rewatched, Coach Carter. With Ooh. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, what year is that from? I think 2005. But don't quote me on that. I should know better. It's going to show here. There you go. If it's wrong, it is wrong. If it's wrong, it's wrong. <laughs> I hope it's something around that. Coach Carter is... Is this also a football movie or is it a basketball, basketball movie? Okay. Because um, I also haven't seen this one. All right. 
I think this is also people should watch this one at least once in their lives. Samuel Jackson plays a real life coach, Ken Carter, and he comes to a high school like really underfunded uh, for that case. Like most of the players are minorities because it's a very underfunded area. And he tries to turn them into a better team, but he also starts suspending games until they get their academics up because he makes their point that this basketball season can't be the highlight of their lives. They need to be, they need to be able to go to a good college and have a life where they don't just aren't just brought into gangs or crime like his friends in the time where when you watch it, it's a really amazing message. Damn it. I want to watch it now. Instead Samuel of Jackson delivers. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we need to finish the episode. We're already here. <laughs> hey, put on coach Carter right now. No, it's really good. And it's on Netflix and it's actually got this really great message. And honestly, besides Pulp Fiction, I think this is my favorite performance of his. Um, high praise. Yeah, I love this movie, and it was also one of Channing Tatum's first ever movies. Um, so yeah, that's Coach Carter for you. Great. What's your number six? That's a great choice. My number six is a boxing movie. Oh God. Called Warrior. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh wow, Warrior is from 2011, directed by Gavin O'Connor. I got it right. I got it uh, right from 2011. <laughs> it's a beautifully made movie. And it's about two estranged brothers who um, are building up to a match against each other in the boxing ring. And they're played by Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy. And their dad is played by Nick Nolte. And he's like an alcoholic and has been estranged from them for a while. And Nolte was nominated for the Oscar for this movie. Uh, He's terrific. And especially Tom Hardy's relationship with him, I think, was really great. So I think also this one works so well because of how it roots the character drama in the sports i don't think this is more of an uplifting one but i think it is um like an excellent drama and i think i think like wide audiences still really love this movie if if you haven't heard of warrior if you haven't seen it yet definitely check it out um yeah, it's, it's been on my list forever it's one of a million reasons to love tom hardy uh so yeah that's yeah. my 10 through 6 yeah it's been on my list for a while now um I, along with uh, Remember the Titans of the ones on your list. And I'll get to it, I promise. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. My number five is Creed 2. Creed 2 is a fantastic movie uh, directed by Stephen Cable Jr. in the Rocky Creed franchise. If I could, would have, would have I just made this whole list Creed and Rocky movies? You're damn right I would have. But then I would have called you boring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I limited my, I limited myself a bit. But Creed 2 wouldn't be on my list, but I rewatched it this week. And it's better than I remember it. Bro, being. tell me that training montage is not like A-plus filmmaking. That that training montage might be that the training best training montage, montage a masterpiece. in film history. Like, like honestly, that might be the best a training montage. Like you watch that and you're like, holy shit. But also this whole movie, I don't think it's as good as the first movie, but I think it's almost there because the emotion that's there. Um, and also like you really remember the lows that he goes through too, which is important um, for like the journey. But also the Drago characters are really fleshed out. Yeah. Because Ivan's actually trying to redeem himself the whole movie. Exactly. And like... Listen, I rewatched the whole Rocky franchise this week. Nice. Uh, which was uh, rough at points. Uh, really? But, oh, yeah. Rocky Five maybe when I, like, shoot myself. So that's the one I've never seen. <laughs> Don't watch it. It's not It's not great. Uh, but uh, every other one is actually pretty watchable. Like even... I don't think I've seen the Clubber. L- is that three, Clubber Lang? I think so. I think Mr. so. Mr. T. I, I haven't yeah, seen Mr. that T's one either. Yeah, the third one. It's a... a f- I think I even gave it like a four stars or, oh, or okay. a three and a half. Like, it's pretty good. Um, the only one that I gave less than a seven was was Rocky Five. Who's and I the, gave it a four. <laughs> who's the villain in Rocky Five? Oh, the villain in Rocky Five. That's a bad sign. <laughs> he doesn't even remember. Oh, it's um, Tommy Gunn. I don't know. I don't remember who plays him. It's a, it's a, oh. it's a kid named Tommy Gunn. 
the rock he trains him and like he's uh, a bad guy it's not great uh yeah I, i don't that's one that i don't think i've even seen clips from you, you shouldn't you just shouldn't okay uh, but anyway um creed 2 is <laughs> directed by stephen kibble jr came out in 2018 three years after the highly su successful relaunch of the rocky franchise as greed and again like like in the first one michael b jordan sylvester stallone tessa thompson are fantastic here felicia rashad love her great great people here and um this movie grabbed on my heartstrings way more than i was predicting it would i gave this movie originally an eight when i saw it back in 2018 and i watched rewatched for the first time this week and i bumped it up to a nine it's it's beautiful filmmaking that last that training montage coupled with that last fight scene with drago is insane and like i'm man by the end i was like bawling it's such like <laughs> i know i know it's such a like it's a such weird like um, thing to like yeah, cry like, at a boxing movie but whatever <laughs> These Creed movies honestly give me hope in healthy masculinity. Exactly. Except for the part really where they do. beat each other up to settle their beef. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But it's not about the punching. It's about the dignity. Exactly. So Creed 2, fantastic movie. Love it to death. My number four is a more recent one. King Richard from 2021. We reviewed this movie here on the channel. I'm not sure if it's on YouTube, probably not, because we, we didn't have YouTube at the time. But um, you can find it in our Spotify, probably, Apple Podcasts, all that. We loved this movie. It was one of our, both of our favorites for 2021. I think it was maybe my second or third favorite movie of I 2021. I remember you said it was, like, right after Dune or something, like, number two. So it might have been... For me, it was four. Yeah, it might have been my number, my number two movie of 2021. Uh, I love Will Smith. Uh, I know it's kind of weird to say that nowadays, but whatever. I love the man to death. This movie, something that a lot of people don't know about me is that, like, I only actually like three sports. Football, of course, number one. Then tennis and boxing. Those are the only three sports that I like. And I think it should... No, I actually like basketball a lot, too. But whatever. Uh, those are the three main sports that I love. So, like... You can see it in my list. <laughs> this is uh, the part where Gaul sits in silence because he forgot to put King Richard on his list. Oh, there you go. That, <laughs> it always happens. See, here. like it would have, <clears throat> it would have been. I'm glad I included some movies that we haven't talked about here, but it's a really good one, deserving of the spot. And tennis has been a somewhat part of my life because my dad is like movies for me is tennis for my dad. Um, so like. I went with him and both my grandpas to see King Richard in theaters. It was a really great experience. Uh, King Richard uh, was directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green. I never saw any of his other movies. I don't even know if he does. He has. He had any? Monsters and Men. I haven't seen okay. it, but it's with John David Washington. It was a really indie movie. And okay. then he directed the show We Own This City, which I watched with John Bernthal. Okay. So um, this movie gave Will Smith an Oscar. For all the right reasons. I'm not counting what he did at that Oscars night. Movie alone. Movie <laughs> alone. Movie alone. Like, his performance is transformative. That's not Will Smith that you see up there. That is Richard. And just the whole story, again, involving racism uh, and also a little bit in a lesser form, of course, because it's a more modern movie. Involving like just growing up like extremely poor and having to deal with it, and the fact that this dad was like just planning the, all of his kids' life to a T so they would never have to suffer the way he did. Well, bro, I get teared up just thinking about it. It's just such a good movie. Okay, what's number three? My number three. <laughs> back to my favorite sports franchise of all time. Nice. It's Rocky One from 1976. Until now, I had only watched from the Creed Rocky franchise, Rocky One, Creed One, and Creed Two before this week, and then I I watched all now the. I've seen all nine. Now I've seen all nine. It was a weird. It's a week. journey. It was a weird week, man. <laughs> like, trust me, trust <laughs> me. Um, your scream binge is gonna be easier. I I hope so, because uh, uh, Rocky was hard, because <laughs> they're very similar movies. Uh, but uh, Rocky One is such a special movie, man. Yes, there's a lot of like 
kind of like cheesy stuff in this movie a little bit, like very 70s cheesiness. Uh, and Sylvester Stallone is still getting his acting chops. I think starting on he like was nominated, which is yeah, which is great, crazy to think about because I'm coming from an angle that I watched all these movies in a row, and he only got like in my opinion like better as an actor in like Rocky Three or something like that. Interesting. Uh, like I think he definitely acts better in Creed than he did in any. Oh, of the for last sure, ones. for sure, for sure. Like in Creed, in Creed Two and Creed One, it's his better performance Absolutely. In, the, in the whole franchise. Uh, but you're but saying he, he doesn't hold up in the first one because I haven't seen it in a couple of years. He, he does, but in like a in like a seventies cheesy kind of way. You know what I mean? Not in like a seventies excellent movie kind of way. It, it feels it feels <laughs> weird saying that because like he wrote this movie and his yeah. this movie is amazing, and he wrote it because he wanted he just wanted someone to take a shot at him and nobody would, and he went out there and he wrote this movie which is a now regarded as one of the best movies of all time and like yeah man i i love this movie again i'm getting teary teared i just thinking about it like this movie um first time we see the training montage of this movie um it's just like oh man it's so good and uh i like i want to shout out is the composer bill conti he like created the first renditions to like the Rocky theme that we see used even today in Creed 3. He, like, created that in the 70s. And it's, honest to God, one of the most amazing, most uplifting, most incredible pieces of sound in movie history. Like, flat out. And that's it, man. This movie is just amazing. I didn't think it would get me crying. Fucking got me crying again. And... And yeah, um, okay, I think I know you're two and one. Okay, uh, what's number two? What's number two? My number two has been mentioned on this show. Already. Okay, I was gonna guess that you didn't give me my moment. <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari from 2019. Okay. Um, man, Ford versus Ferrari, man. Um, this movie. Uh, we were talking about like about like dad stuff. My dad was really into F1. Uh, Formula One uh, racing, and he was very into tennis. So that's why these are two King Richard, very, King Ford, two very important sports for me because I grew up watching mm -hmm. them with with him. Uh, like we would we would wake up on Sunday morning to watch the race and all that. Ford v Ferrari, like directed by James Mangold, is like honest to God, in my opinion, the best like racing movie ever made. Did you see this one in the theater? I didn't. I but didn't the sound is so good in the theater. It's like it's like what people were saying about Top Gun Maverick, how it's like classic blockbuster sound action. Like that's the kind of entertainment that I hope they throw more money towards, like racing movies like this, because it would be great. Christian Bale and Matt Damon are like unbelievably good. This is honestly starting to become one of my favorite Christian Bale performances. I know it's like a crime to say that. I but I kind of agree with you. <laughs> yeah, like it always had a soft spot in my heart because he's just so like savage and fun, but you never hate him for like all the shit that he says in this movie. You you never really do, and like he just he <laughs> wants it so bad, and like even though he's like fucking up left and right. Like, you keep, like, rooting for him and you keep, like, being, like, I want to want something that much. Hell, that's probably how we fucking feel about movies. Like, uh, like to want something that much and to, like, believe in something that much. Yeah, man. Like, this movie is, is fantastic. Uh, this and the number one in my, in my list I think I already know it. are both 10 out of 10 for me. Now that when you made that connection between Ford versus Ferrari and King Richard being special to you, I just realized John Bernthal's in both movies. Oh yeah, he's right. <laughs> Are you ready what for um, for your uh, second part of the list? Um, you know what, Alan? I am. What's your number five? My number five is a movie that won the Academy Award for Best Picture, Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. Directed by Clint Eastwood, which got him his second Best Directing Oscar and an acting nomination, and won Hilary Swank and Morgan Freeman their Oscars for acting. Um, yeah, Hilary Swank is incredible in this movie, first yeah. of all. And she plays Maggie Fitzgerald, who's the the character that comes up to Clint Eastwood um, and asks, to, asks for his help. 
it's again a movie that's as rooted in the characters as it is with the boxing the the, the dynamics are really investing the performances are at times heartbreaking but hillary swank is just immersive and she disappears this is the kind of performance that you just like will remember even if you didn't love the movie and the ending i won't spoil if you have you seen it i have seen it um okay. uh, but it's one of those films like the blind side that I watched it so long ago that I didn't feel comfortable putting it on my list. But Fair. I'm sure if I did, I would have put it on my list. So yeah, Blindside was... I feel like if I rewatched it, maybe it would make the list. Um, but back to Million Dollar Baby. The ending, if you've seen it, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen it... I remember it. Yeah, um, it's pretty great. I feel like it's the kind of ending where it's even been like... Characters in the office have talked about it. Like It's kind of become a cultural uh, thing. Sort of like the ending of Titanic with the, with the raft... So if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. It's one of the best movies that Clint Eastwood directed in his entire career. And that's saying a lot because he's an incredible filmmaker. Yeah, not much to, for me to add here. Uh, I wish I had rewatched it this week. Uh, I did not have the time to rewatch that many movies because <laughs> I watched yeah. like 10 movies this week. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, it would have definitely made my list. Number four, Field of Dreams. With Kevin Costner. It's a really beautiful movie, and it's just so human. Kevin Costner's... I think this is his best performance, honestly. Even better than, like, Dances with Wolves or something. Because his character is honestly just so down-to-earth and relatable. I know this is such an American thing to like this movie. But I only watched it, like, a year ago for the first time. I was really late to the game with it. But the dynamic he has with reconnecting uh, with his deceased father through baseball and then going on this journey with this journalist played by james earl jones um i think it's got a really great message about uh, the power that sports or pop culture has with connecting people especially like a father and a son and have you seen it ever okay so all i'll say is this is another movie with a beautiful ending I've and, heard of that ending, but like I never, yeah, I never watched it. Like I think the ending is like Kevin Costner's best acting moment ever, and he's just like, again, he's very like, a, I guess a down to earth character, but it's a movie that doesn't ever slow down or preach to you, but it is a movie that I think left a huge cultural impact and like even casual uh, people in America. It does have a nice thing to say about the way something like sports or popular culture or popular history can connect people from whatever profession or part of the world. I really like it. That's beautiful. What's your number three? <laughs> number three is an equally heartwarming and smiley movie called Raging Bull. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Raging Bull is amazing. Let me just say that. Uh, it was... I believe it was Martin Scorsese's first directing nomination and De Niro's second acting Oscar win where he played Jake LaMotta, who I think when I saw this movie, LaMotta had recently passed away. I saw it in like 2017. But, you know, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, what can go wrong? And I think like the boxing is really immersive, but also the makeup work and all the filmmaking. And um, I love the cinematography in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's hard to make a black and white movie this engaging for me. But when it works, it really works. And uh, again, this is like... Martin Scorsese has such a diverse uh, career, portfolio, (laughs) that I wouldn't ever call this one my favorite of his. But if you said, I think the best Scorsese movie is Raging Bull, I would get you. I would get you, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) Like, best... It is not. Okay. I would get it, but I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree either, but I would get it. <laughs> What's your number two? Well, boxing movies are really high. Number two is Rocky. Rocky. Left a bigger cultural impact than I think any sports movie in history. Yeah. Because if you see anyone running around and doing this motion, then you're like, oh, you're acting like Rocky. Or people go to those steps in Philadelphia I would definitely just to reenact that. the scene. Or the theme, like you said, the messages is about... You know, even in the later movies, like in Creed, the message is um, about, you know, having to, you know, not compete against whoever your enemy is, but your enemy is the person in the mirror, being better than yourself yesterday, rather than having to rank yourself above others. All these interesting messages that Rocky has, and I think the acting was really good too, like Talia Shire as Adrian, or um, 
Burgess Meredith as Mickey. Mickey's oh, his trainer, so right? Good. Yeah, he's so so yeah, good. Yeah, I love him. Even though Paulie's an asshole, I think his acting was really good too. <laughs> he gets so much worse in the other movies. <laughs> really? Okay, gets, so I haven't seen all of them. He gets way more racist, way more <laughs> sexist. Like he, he just goes on a like downward like trajectory. Wait, did he suckiness. die in the movies, or is it just Mickey, or did he die off screen? He died. He he died off screen. Before Creed, I think. Oh, so was he alive in Rocky Balboa? Yes. Oh, I don't remember It's very that. weird. It looks very, I don't remember that. He looks very old in Rocky Balboa. So, yeah, and, yeah, like, Stallone's acting is interesting, <laughs> I guess, but it's fun to do his voice. Like, life ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. It's actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like doing that. He has a scene in Rocky Balboa where he talks to his son and he has that monologue. Can we l- take a moment to appreciate Rocky Balboa? That movie is so much better than it has any right. It holds up more than people give it credit, right? Uh, like, like uh, it's honestly for me like my far favorite of the franchise, or fifth maybe. But it like really holds up. It's like a solid eight for me. Like, it's a damn good movie. Yeah, and it would have think- been on this list if I didn't control myself. You think that like. <laughs> This is the first time they tried a legacy sequel for Creed, and I feel like legacy sequels are sometimes better now than they were in the 2000s. Yeah. But I think Balboa holds up, right? It holds up because it's not actually a legacy sequel because he's not training anyone. He's uh, training himself. No, but it was like 16 years later, right? No, I know, I know, yeah, for sure. But, like, I mean, like, um, in the sense that he's not, like, passing the baton or anything. Yeah. He's just fighting himself, which is insane. It's like 50. Um, but, like... It has one of the best endings in the franchise because he's 50. Like, he shouldn't be, like, up for as long as he is in that fight. And, like, you get emotional and you get invested and you're like, fuck it, I don't care that this is so unrealistic. I'm so happy for my man Rocky. It's the Top Gun Maverick of Rocky Balboa. (laughs) Exactly. He's, like, acknowledges that he's aging and everything. But there was a different actor as his son, right? It wasn't Milo Ventimiglia. No, it was Milo. Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay, I... I didn't recognize him when I rewatched the scene in Rocky Balboa. Okay, I should have known that. So this is before he even like broke out. I yeah, guess in twenty two thousand six. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, so this is before he even did This Is Us. Okay, I think we have the same number one. So do we want to just say it? Uh, yeah, we definitely have the same number one. Let me just take the, rock his there. name out of it because we're putting his successor up here. That's right, Creed. Adonis Creed. I'm going to put Alan and Gauss. That saves us some time here. I can go home quicker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Creed, God damn it, Creed. Fuck, Creed is a movie indeed from 2015. <laughs> Look, if we're going with best versus favorite, this is favorite for me. I'm not saying best of all time, but I'm saying favorite. Same here, yeah. Because around the time the third one came out, which is just now, I was also thinking about the first movie a lot, and I was like, like every time something came up, or I was like rewatching a scene because I rewatched a lot of the clips from from the last two Creed movies to get ready for Creed three, and it just blows me away. Like I think this was Ryan Coogler's, like because of this Second and Black movie? Panther and Fruitvale Station. Yeah, like now he's sort of he's this bombastic name in Hollywood. He has all these producing credits this was like and his so much first power. Big movie. Yeah, he went from Fruitvale Station with Michael B. Jordan to this. He came with Stallone and Warner Brothers with the idea and with Michael B. Jordan in mind. And it ended up with $200 plus million and reinvigorated the franchise. Stallone was nominated for another Oscar. And I think everyone who loves Rocky loves Creed as well. Yeah, I will say that probably what a lot of like old school film fans feel about Rocky is what we feel about Creed. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know about you, but I actually watched Creed before I ever watched Rocky. I think so, too, honestly. I think I and watched Creed when it came out, and then Rocky, like, a year later. Exactly. And, like, <clears throat> when Creed came out, I went to see with my dad, and he was a huge fan of the Rocky franchise. Was there, um, like, skeptic- skepticism there? Because I no, remember... My, my dad is usually pretty positive when it comes to Because I remember when the trailer came out, I was like, holy shit, this looks good for the first Creed. Like, uh, and uh, we went in... And um, I think I was probably like 17, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went in, we watched the movie. And uh, by the end, I was, of course, bawling 
Uh, it was really bad. Uh, my my dad is also a big crier, so he, he was also crying. And um, I turned to him and I was like, man, I think one day I want to write something like this. So, like, this is... That's the, beautiful. This is one of the movies that, like... I didn't know that about this movie. That, like, really... Like, I've said this a lot in this show about, like, falling in love with movies. But this is the movie that made me want to, like... Create. Create things. I knew this was in your top 20, but I didn't know that about Creed It's my 15th favorite movie of all time. That's wonderful. Yeah. Creed is, like... It's honestly a special movie on its own, even if it... The seventh movie in the series. I think a lot of what worked about Creed 2 and 3... I think um, is credited to the energy and the innovation that this one had. So wonderful. The, not just Adonis's the beginning of his journey in these movies, but also I guess like how modern it is and the one the one take shot I love. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Everything with him and Tessa Thompson, the beginning of their relationship, his dynamic with Rocky because it starts with Rocky sort of giving him this platform to become a boxer like his dad, but then at the end he says like. Um, he, he says that like Adonis saved him. He has a whole speech where he's like, your dad helped me when Mickey died, but what you've done, um, you taught me to fight again. No one's ever done that. Like it's this beautiful moment in the ring that he, Rocky tells Creed this and, um, man. yeah, Creed, man. And, um, this movie, bro, <laughs> this movie just gets me up. We definitely left each other with some recommendations. I think you only had one that I hadn't seen. Which was a, the Damned United? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I had a couple that you haven't seen. That, that I you had a couple that I haven't seen, or that I haven't seen for a while. Anyway. Yeah, there's one more that I almost put on my list, um, which is A League of Their Own with Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. Great baseball movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hustle was a good one from last year with Adam Sandler. I don't know if you ever got to it. One that I think would be top fifteen, but also like kind of a joke, is Dodgeball: A True Underdog Story. Which is like, it's a great movie, but it's a dumb comedy. Honestly, if you let me, half of these would have been Rocky, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Creed. Creed 3. Creed definitely gave this new, fresh energy to the Rocky series when Rocky is passing down the torch. And now the the stage is completely on Adonis. And he's behind the screen, too, because Michael B. Jordan directed it as well, which I was very happy for him. Um, and yeah, let, let me just say this trilogy, Chef's Kiss. It's, Chef's Kiss. It's indeed. great. Like, I think for the first, like, 45 minutes or something, I was like, okay, this is good. This is nice, but not as good as the last two. Then this is a scene with Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson like an emotional scene. And I was like, this is a really good movie. And from there, uh, it's just another, like you cheer, you're emotional. Um, it's got great energy. I think Jordan also edited it a little, he edited the boxing a little bit differently than the last two movies. Uh, he took some inspiration from anime apparently, um, which is funny. Um, but nobody shoots fireballs at each other, man. I will tell you, (laughs) This film's boxing gets so creative compared to anything in the franchise. Um, like I was telling you, I watched the whole thing this 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 week, so I couldn't bear to watch another normal fight scene anymore. So I'm so glad that it, w- it really wasn't. It was like something special. Like yeah, it had like, it had special effects. It's like it this quicksilver like, effect where he's like faster than the rest yeah, of the like movement. Was, man, that. That was crazy good for someone that never directed a movie in his life. Like, come on, man. Like, Michael B. Jordan, round of applause, man. You, it's impressive. You are a great director, and I cannot wait to see what you do next. And um, I think, if anything, it just shows how much, how close and in love he is with this character and this world that yeah. he became close with after these two movies. If I'm not mistaken, did he produce Creed 2 also? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, I'm not sure. But yeah, in this movie, um, he's definitely a producer in this one. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, um, he's just like so he's retired, semi-retired. Um, no, and, he's full on retired. Yeah, he's full the, on by the, by the he's retired, but he's a trainer. Yeah, and he comes out of the gym one day, and his his old friend Dame is on his car, which. Um, every time they called him Dame, just as a basketball person, I was thinking Damian Lillard because okay, they always call him Dame. An executive producer in Creed Two. Oh, okay. 
when Dayum comes home from prison, it reignites their past and some traumas that uh, Adonis is dealing with. But something that I think stood out as much was the dynamic he has with his daughter. Um, this is like scene two of the movie where his daughter comes in. Oh my god, Man, I, I loved it. I can't handle these movies. They just fuck with my head so much. Like, I keep... I cannot cry looking at Michael B. Jordan's <laughs> face anymore. I am done. No, like... Like, it's bad. <laughs> I think, like, if you've seen the other movies, you know that um, his daughter's deaf. But I think the... Like the the fact that they were willing to go there and make it still as sweet as it would be if he was just like a hearing daughter, I think they made it really wonderful. But it yeah, also made you whole, see it in a cute light. Yes, how they whole how the whole family learned sign language. Yeah, even to the be grandma able to talk to her, and um, how like even small details. I Michael P. Jordan's a very smart director. The house has like glass floors. So they're able to communicate with their daughter if she's upstairs. Yeah, and they can sign. And I didn't even think of and that. And they're downstairs. It's such a That's smart sweet. thing. But I also think it has a layer for Adonis because he's empathetic. Like as much as he's a fighter, um, part of like the journey or the, I guess the training, I don't want to call it training, but you know, the quest, I don't, <laughs> these are bad words, but part of that is being a father, being a husband. And that's as important as the the sports journey. You know, like, he has to deal with stuff in his past that he never thought he would have to deal with. It's mm-hmm. that kind of thing that, like, you keep it behind closed doors. And he, he even has kept it from his wife. Uh, a lot of it he has kept from his mom. It's a, it's a cautionary tale that you can never, like, hide these kind of things forever. You have to talk about it. Like, um, Bianca says to him, like, you don't have to go to therapy, but you have to talk about this stuff. And you have to talk about it with me because they're, they're this like partnership, like this beautiful yeah. partnership. And like, I think he says that even in the second movie, like yeah. he doesn't even just say we're a family. He says we're a team. Like he uses a sports exactly. element to it. And I just love the way he says that. And I think she goes in this that. movie, we're a team when he's yeah. not being a team player with her. Yeah. She says that back. I love that element to their. Any of the multiple sports movies that we always talked about. I feel like Bianca's character development is something that cannot be understated. Like, uh-huh. she could have so easily fallen into the trap of being the wife, which happens in, in like, most sports movies. But it doesn't happen in a single Creed movie. She's, right. Her, her story is always as important as Creed's. I know. And, like, when she's frustrated at him sometimes... Like you honestly get her. You're not like yeah. You're oh, on come her on. side. Like why you're are you not, not letting him go out in box? Like you're on her side. Yeah. Um. But they're both so charismatic, and I'm so glad yeah. they're as successful in Hollywood as they are now. And let's talk about Jonathan Majors, shall we? Oh my god, man, my man is having the best year. It's um, Martin. He's already had the the best year, and he's gonna be in Magazine Dreams, which I have a feeling it's it's a movie that just premiered in uh. At the Sundance. At, at Sundance, and maybe we'll get to there's see already, it at TIFF. There's already Oscar nomination buzz for him, which is wild. Exactly. So, like, my man's having a good year, and deservedly so. He's such a good actor. Like, Michael B. Jordan might be one of the best actors in this generation. I have no qualms in saying that. Yeah. And Jonathan, Jonathan Majors comes really close. Yeah, I think, like, Michael B. Jordan has already become a household name. Yeah. Like, it's harder now to become like a massive star A-list actor, I guess, if we're defining that. But Jonathan Majors is one of those who has like that X factor. They're both like the villain in a Marvel movie. They're both <laughs> in a Rocky movie and all that. Um, Jonathan Majors is absolutely here to stay. And man, listen, I am a straight man. <laughs> but what is up with both of these men's physiques? This is the thing that's been going. I still remember me and my friend got out of Black Panther, um, or was it Creed Two? And he turns to me and he's like, "Michael B. Jordan's ripped as fuck, bro." <laughs> like, like, what the hell, man? Like these these guys are looking good, and they like I follow Michael B. Jordan on uh, on Instagram. It's one of my favorite accounts to follow because it's basically film and gym, which are two things I love. So like, oh my god, do you see on Instagram like um. 
uh, he like surprised the the actress who plays the daughter in this movie with a bunch of balloons. It was yeah, the sweetest thing. So sweet, man. That that man can do no wrong, bro. For a franchise about punching, like there's a lot of healthy masculinity stuff in here. Yeah, which Rocky didn't really explore back in the day, and it's so good to see that like that Creed really explores that. Tessa's character, Bianca, like, she's not like, no, don't fight him. She's like, she understands her husband enough to know that he needs to fight him. There are so many times where Rocky's like, I, it's something that I gotta do. It's something that I have to do. And his wife is so against it for, you know, plot reasons, for dramatic reasons and all that. And this movie, she's like, no, I understand. You have to do it. In this but, one, he's even, like, not trying him. to fight him <laughs> Right away. He's like yeah. on Stephen A. Smith and he's like, bro, chill. It's a bit of a spoiler for who cameos in this movie. But uh, but yeah. So yeah, Jonathan Majors, I think they did a really good job making him also understandable because... Yeah, for sure. And empathetic because like for legal reasons, he's been in prison for more than half his life that he's lived now. And all that he's thought of is like he could have lived a life adjacent to Creed's. And he definitely could have because they show in the flashbacks and all that, that he was like better than Creed when they were young. Like he was winning like these under like underground, underground tournaments yeah. and all that. And uh, I think it's a, uh, also this is something that's really amazing about the Creed movies that Rocky couldn't really explore that much. Like it's amazing that Rocky, the movies, they did give like black actors and black voices uh, like a platform back in the day. Right like with um, Carl Weathers, with uh, with Carl Weathers and um, Mr. T, exactly Mr. Yeah. T and all that. Like they did give him the platform, but like making the black fighter the main character gives all the Creed movies the the opportunity to really explore how race relationships would affect uh, um, someone in sport. I was thinking about that, has that to deal with that because these the movies are entirely black centered exactly. for the most part. And like especially this one, because it's like a black fighter against a black fighter, and like again the mirror thing of uh, how a black man's life can go so wrong because from one mistake in his from youth because of justice from one tiny mistake in his youth because of how the justice system works against black people and all that all those parallels being like not thrown in your face but like beautifully like just crafted into the stories and into the undertones of the stories even straight from the first Amazing. movie because he's in this group home and um and like his birth mother he never knew which um so like he just grew up in this without really a parental figure and then marianne creed is basically the one who saved him yeah felicia <laughs> rashad is great as always and majors so you understand all the pain and like almost loss that he felt from all his time that he did but then also there's a part where he's like in the boxing ring and he's not even cackling he's not even like mustache twirling like yeah i beat you uh he almost looks like a kid in a candy shop because he just wanted this for so long and he's finally in the boxing ring even though uh, he's a great asshole and he's he, like he does he's become like, an asshole he's like cheating he's like breaking people's arms and stuff like that in the fight which is you definitely can't do and like i don't know how he gets away with a lot of it yeah oh my god uh there was one point in the I feel like this is a thing in a lot of sports movies, but you just want to shout at the ref. Yeah. And sports in real life also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have I have a bad history f with football referees, but uh, yeah. So I completely understand. <laughs> Alan, don't get ejected from football games. <laughs> oh, no. In Brazil, it's very common to like curse at the referee the whole, the whole game. <laughs> well, here in Israel, um, my brother goes to the to the games and they have like chants against the ref, like songs and everything. Yeah, we do that too in Brazil. <laughs> It's a common thing in football. But uh, anyway, going back to Jonah Major, it's weird because like you understand where he's coming from. But he's such an asshole. And you you won't create him to beat him so bad. I'm going to spoil like, how the movie ends because in a lot of Rocky Creed movies, sometimes they lose and sometimes they win. Like I love that about the, mo the, the movies. Like it's not like they win every single movie. Yeah. Didn't he technically lose in the first Creed? He did. Yeah, because... And then he fights the same guy in the... Rocky well, tied guess. in the first Rocky. Um, was it? Yeah, okay. it was I thought he tie. lost to Apollo in the first. Or did they tie? They tie, so like Apollo kept the... Okay, the, yeah. I remember that now. Because when you tie in a championship, I, mm -hmm. I guess the, the... Like he stayed the heavyweight he, champion. He stays champion, yeah. 
Because um, I remember in um, like he lost in the first Creed, and then he becomes a heavyweight champion in the first scene of the second movie. Yes, yes, exactly. But in Rocky Two, did he beat Apollo? In Rocky Two, he beat Apollo. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's also like a friendship there that blossoms. Oh, man. Yeah. We're not gonna get into that again because uh, I, I don't have the strength. Plants the seeds for uh, this franchise. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, man. Um, Creed Three is also fantastic. Are you ready to give some scores? Yeah, in the beginning I was leaning towards seven out of ten. By the end I was like, clearly it's an eight out of ten movie. I think it's slightly not as good as one and two, but I'd gladly rewatch it anytime soon. Okay. Uh I'm going to agree with you hundred percent. It's an eight out of ten. Yeah. Uh it I think it could even honestly go up to an eight and a half if I watch it again. For now it's an eight. And uh yeah, it's it's not as good as Creed 1 and Creed 2, but it's so damn close. And, I think um, even in when I saw Creed 2, I had a similar reaction to this movie. Like, that was great. And now thinking back at Creed 2, I'm like, that's wonderful. I feel like if you watch this whole trilogy again now, like you did, it's an amazing journey. I, there. Yeah, like I told you, Creed 2 was an 8 for me when I first watched it. And now it's a 9. Because it's a formula, but, they're, but the characters are as important as the boxing where you're not only as concerned as like three-act formula. Are you going to let me read my, my Rocky Creed top 10? <laughs> Let's hear it. We'll do, we'll do it fast, I promise. Top 9? Top no? 9, yeah, yeah, top 9. It's uh, like Rocky director's cut. Number 9, the unbearable Rocky 5. Uh, I it's say hard. you watch it one time because you're a fan of the franchise. Then Rocky 2, which I think is going to be controversial because a lot of people think it's probably like one of the best. I really liked it, It's like, but it's, it's like a 7 out of 10 for me. Uh... Then Rocky Four, where he faces Drago, that's also a seven out of ten for me. Uh, it's really good. Rockies. It's really really good. Uh, like, it's good. And uh, Apollo's death scene is like hurts like hell. It does, yeah. Um, I remember that. It it does hurt like hell, but like I think that's the highlight of that movie. I don't think, like, it it just feels a little bit too formulaic as it's like, like you're waiting movie. for um yeah. for drago to kill him and then for him to fight drago exactly because that's a punchline but everything else there is just not as exactly then uh rocky three was super t was surprisingly fun so i don't think i've seen this one i gave it an eight i'm not sure if i would... okay i don't sure if that's gonna stay if i watch this again but uh um it's a really fun movie and I think I just I think I gave it an eight more because I liked it way more than I write, liked Rocky too. So it's like, <laughs> hey, nice. Stallone directed two through five, right? And no, two through four and six, if I'm not mistaken. He directed two, four, and three of the ones that we've talked about so far. Didn't he direct Balboa also? He directed Balboa as well. Okay. Uh, and speaking of Balboa, that's my number five. All right. Uh, Rocky Balboa is a definite eight for me. It's not like a iffy eight, like like the last one. So like Balboa is one of the more emotional Rocky movies oh too. Oh my god, bro! I'm telling you, like uh, the um, this movie shouldn't work. It shouldn't work. You shouldn't be rooting for a 50 year old to go in a ring with a 20 year old and think that's anywhere near as realistic <laughs> as it's as it is. But it works. And like, man, the <laughs> the the grief that he's going through in this movie because of Adrian, uh, because of Adrian, and um, he doesn't have a good relationship with his son. It's a real man, but like they kind of get together by the end, and like it's man, this movie. Didn't the exact same thing happen in Creed too, because like they also kind of like break up, have a father son breakup, and then they have to get back together. Basically, in Creed too. Uh, but yeah, like this movie shouldn't work, and the fact that it works so well. It's why I gave it an 8. Like, I had a damn good time watching this movie. Uh, Then number 4, a new entry in the the list, Creed 3. For all the reasons we just said. Then number 3, Creed (coughs) 2, which I gave a 9. Number 2, Rocky, which is a a 9.5 for me. And number 1, Creed, which is a 10 out of 10 for me. As I said before, my 15th favorite movie of all time. Uh, Some incredible praise for I love Ryan Coogler's Creed. I think we're I think we're good. Uh, do you want to say anything else about Creed? Watch it if you haven't. Like, 
Yeah, uh, what are you waiting for? Go watch Creed and Rocky and all that. Like, great movies. Yeah, definitely um, worth the trip to the theaters. Yeah. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Leave a like. Leave your favorite, like, Rocky movie or Creed movie in the comments. What did you think of Creed 3? Let us know. And signing off, this is Alan. And this is Gal. Bye, guys. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. Audioversity.